You're listening to Pulse Radio with Randall and Shelby, the heart of the culture. going on everybody this is randall barnes the host of pulse radio in the building for another special edition of pulse sports on today a very important edition it is a lot of stuff going on right now in sports nba season only a week away nfl season we're getting into the thick of it and also we're getting into the thick of controversy and we're going to be talking about a lot of it coming up today and also have a very exclusive interview with the owner of a brand new sports app called ColorCast, where you're able to cast with your friends, almost like Clubhouse, and talk to them about what's going on in the sports world. That's coming up really soon. But I have my amazing co-host, Ariel Kilgore, in the middle of me. Ariel, how you doing today? Doing good, how are you? I feel great, I, I got me my new chair, and I feel yeah, so- Yeah, I see. I'm so tired because I had to put it together. Like, that is like, like, like I, I did grown man work today, all right? And the thing about it is, I really came through in the clutch like Lamar Jackson. Let me tell you what I did, all right? So what I did was, I'm like, listen, we got to record this, all right, at 5 p.m. All right, I was like, listen, I just got the chair. They dropped it off, big old huge box, bring it into my living room. And I'm like, listen, I'm going to get done putting up this chair by 5 p.m. so I can be on time. So I had a clock. I had an alarm. But I was putting that thing together. It kept falling apart. I'm like, I can't do it. I can't and do it. And when did you finish? I, I, I finished, but I'm like, I can't do it. And then it was like 4.50, the alarm rang. So I started, like, I started putting that thing in. I started twisting that little twisted thing. And I got it done. We got it done. We got it done. It's a nice chair, you guys. I wish you could see it. It's black interior with the red lining. This man giving sports car vibes. Yeah. I'm, I'm <laughs> You getting really in there. Listen, it is a game in chat. I'm giving Twitch right now. Giving Twitch on 2K22 is what I'm giving right now. Oh, God. Because that, that's what <laughs> this is what they have when they play the, the game. So shout out to all the Twitchers out here in the building. But listen, we have a lot to talk about. It, it's a lot that's going on. So let's start off with the NFL scores from this past week. The Rams beat the Seahawks 26 to 17. The Falcons beat the Jets in London 27 to 20. Packers beat the Bengals 25 to 22 in overtime. The Vikings beat the Lions 19-17. Steelers beat the Broncos 27-19. The Buccaneers stomped the Dolphins 45-17. The Saints beat the Washington football team 33-22. Eagles over the Panthers 21-18. Titans over Jaguars 37-19. Patriots versus Texans 25-22. Raiders and the Bears. The Bears got the win. It was super crazy. We're going to talk about that a little bit more. And forward, yeah, because <laughs> the Raiders got beat by the Bears, but that's not even the, the whole story, all right? And then you have the Browns and the Chargers. The Chargers actually edged out a win over the Browns. That was actually a really great game, 47-42. The Cowboys beat the Giants, 44-20. The Patriots beat the Texans, 25-22. The Cardinals beat the 49ers, 17-10. The Bills beat the Chiefs, 38-20. Crazy game. And the Ravens in at probably the game of the year. I watched that game. The game of the year, my boy Lamar Jackson came through. 
Lamar Jackson gets so much love on this podcast. Yeah, I, he, he, he deserved <laughs> He deserved this time. Came all the way back and won 31 to 25 in overtime. So shout out to Lamar Jackson and everybody that won. All right. So we're going to start with this Packles and Bengals game. We came in this season talking about Aaron Rodgers' last dance. It was a homage to Michael Jordan and what happened with that 1998 Chicago Bulls championship team. They went out on top, won a championship, and then that team went their separate way. We thought that was going to be the same thing with Aaron Rodgers, but it's going to be in reverse. They were going to be watching the last dance from home like we did the documentary from Michael Jordan. But it looks like that's not the case. A lot of folks were really premature. And they won a tight game against the Bengals. It was actually one of the better games of this weekend. A lot of great NFL games. So I got to ask you this, all right? Aaron Rodgers, his stat line, 27 to 39. He threw for 344 yards and he threw one interception, but still a pretty good stat line in, in a tight game. So do you think this team, Ariel, you think they're starting to become more in sync on the field? They're definitely starting to become more insane. He also did more than that just on that Sunday football game. He became one of those top five quarterbacks to have the fastest pass ever, throwing for 421 touchdowns, beating his aisle Dan Marino. So I know he was happy for that. And just adding that and knowing that this is his last dance and finally probably having that connection with his players after all those interviews that he's been doing and that preseason was looking a little shaky. Aaron Rodgers is now in his head. He is now ready to take on any opponent that comes next. Their defense is together. Their offense is great. Still having a little struggles when it comes to the running game. But other than that, they're able to compete with anybody that comes in their way. And I definitely see playoffs in their future. I don't know if he does. If he does do it like Michael Jordan has his last dance and wins a championship, that wouldn't be too bad either. It's interesting because I think that winning heals all. I honestly really think that I think that winning heals all I think that the reluctance was that he felt as if he was being replaced so mm. maybe winning would help him maybe winning would be like you know what man I miss the old days we're winning we're contending I think we have a good squad we pulled it back together I think he I honestly think he might stay to be 100% honest because he's looking really happy he took down his man bun like you know, so it's like, <laughs> like that show he was. I'm like, you took down the man, but man, you you letting hang. So it's like, I, I feel like he's happy, he's smiling more. All these different things. I know he had the situation with the Steelers, winking at you know Mike Tomlin. I, I I know that was going on, but they're winning. So I just I don't know how you leave a winning team, and it seems like at least on the field, bygones are bygones, handling business. And then if they do win a championship, you don't want to stay and defend it. I think that'd be really interesting. But let's talk about what's coming up next, all right? They're playing the Bears. Justin Fields is now the starter. And I got to ask you this. So the Bears won. And they we're did. talking about more about the, the Raiders and John Gruden. But do we count this win for the Bears? Does this win really count? I mean, the- <laughs> There's, I want to give it to Justin Fields just because I've been following Justin Fields since he's been on QB1 on Netflix. So I've seen him playing from Georgia, North Georgia, and then going to Georgia, going to Ohio State, now coming and being QB1 in the NFL. I, Besides the situation, like you said, how we'll get into later because we got some opinions on that. I think we do count this one. This goes into how he's preparing to lead and be that QB so the Bears are playing the Packers next week. And, of course, you know, I personally think that this win does count, even though we're going to get into a little bit later why the Raiders are having problems and why they possibly didn't win. You have to give this to Justin Fields. you got two wins on you. You're now QB1. QB1 from Netflix all the way from Georgia. Now you're QB1 in the NFL. 
he's doing it for that team without Andy Dalton, how sad it is that he got replaced. You know, it's a somewhat similar situation going on in New England Patriots, but kind of a better situation that is going on. But I, I believe he's going to be able to carry the team. This is showing that he can't carry the team. It's just that next week game with the Packers, I don't, I don't know about that one. It might be a loss under his belt. But it seems like a lot of these rookie quarterbacks are hanging on to these old quarterbacks. I don't know. We might have a good game on our hands. Yeah, and my thing is, the reason why I say does this win count, I like Justin Fields, but the reason why I say does it count is because the Raiders were sort of compromised because of this situation. Now, granted, on Monday Night Football, they did lose to the Chargers that are looking really good on last Monday, but still, the Raiders were going through a lot mentally in that locker room. So it's like, did they really get this win? And then, will they look like the Bears from the previous weeks against Aaron Rodgers and the Packers? So, that was really my, my thought process of it, but I think it's going to be a good game either way. But let's get back to this game. So how did Joe Burrow and the Bengals keep the Packers from blowing up? Because the game was pretty close, and it came down to some field goals and some missed field goals. So how do you think Joe Burrow and the Bengals really kept pace with the Packers? I think that's the running thing. Because we, we had a running thing of just sacks and bad quarterbacks, and now it's a running thing of missed field goals, hitting the field goal point line is just sitting here all boinks all bangs I don't know what's going on with these kickers but it's getting on my nerves however Joe Burrows was playing like he just been out there for years and it's crazy like I'm saying he's only two years out coming out of college and he has his Bengals team looking right their defense held the Packers so nicely they were so unable to get points if you can see Aaron Rodgers face he didn't know what to do he didn't know that they were going to come out like that he thought this was going to be an easy win but the Bengals were not going down without a fight and it came to that overtime win with that field goal so the Packers did win and it was I love the way that they played. I love the way Joe Burrow was executing. How he was moving fast. That release was amazing. They timed his release, and his release was close to almost Tom Brady's. He's going to be excellent next season. Now, however, of course, when it came to getting points, trying to score against that Packers defense is impossible. So that's why it was probably a short game. You had two great defenses playing against each other, but Joe Burrow is looking great just to be two years out. He's going to be a good quarterback coming in the next near future. So what I'll say is this, is that Joe Burrow, you see he's playing mature, he's playing like a mature quarterback being two years out. He's playing up to how his name sounds. His name sounds old, okay? His name sounds like <laughs> he played football with leather helmets. I'm telling you, man. That's, oh, that's my how, God. That's how his name, like Joe Burrow sounds like a superhero secret identity like Clark Kent. That's Joe Burrow. Like, <laughs> that's how his name sounds. So he's playing just like his name sounds, mature, all right? So shout out to Joe Burrow. <laughs> Shout out to him. That was a really good game by him. And the Bengals are actually looking pretty good. But I got to ask you this one last thing about the Packers. What What's struggles that? do you think the Packers are still going to face? Because do you think that everything's going to be all great? They just head into the playoffs, like, you know, getting these wins, high seed, maybe bye, you know, in the, in the playoffs first round. Or do you think they're going to run into some issues later on in the season? I still think that their running game is probably was really holding them because as you can see all around the NFL, if you, if you actually watch and look, there's been so many, everybody's been having really great corners, just really great people defensively that are coming out there and that are blocking these pure wide receivers, case in point, the Chiefs games, you couldn't get to the tight end, Travis Kelsey. It was really hard for them to use their wide receivers. They had to go to other running backs. Hence, if you can't be able to have your running game down pack and score and get those first downs with your running back, 
you're not going to survive long out here. It's too many interceptions that are happening between old and new quarterbacks, too many good coverage, and a lot of coverage not being called. There was a lot of pass, inter- pass interference fouls and flags that were thrown that now the refs are just letting them play. So you can't just throw the ball up in the air anymore and hope for a Hail Mary or making sure that your players, when they get there on their route, you're going to have to be able to rely on your running game and your running backs to get you where you need to go. Hopefully as close to the end zone as possible. And that's what the Packers need to work on. Hey, listen, they play the Chiefs in a couple of weeks. So we're going to really see if they're about what they're talking about. Because the Chiefs are struggling. I don't think they're going to struggle for long. That's going to be probably game of the year potential to me. All right, but Ooh. let's talk about the Chiefs and the Bills because, like I said, the Chiefs are not looking good because they lost to the Bills. They're two and three. So what do you think is the reason why they're looking like this? They look nothing like when they won the championship, and they're looking nothing like how they did last year. So what's going on with them? Patrick Mahomes is just missing his key players. So usually, you know, he'll go to Travis Kelsey and he couldn't do that. He couldn't go to Tyreek Hill either. They couldn't pass to him or let him run for either. So they had to use Williams and they used Edwards Hardell and they used Burton, who actually was able to score a touchdown and get them to the end zone. They were using different players. And I don't think Patrick Mahomes is used to that. He's used to having, of course, like, you know, you have Tom Brady and Gronk, you know, it's him and Travis Kelsey. And when I can't use Travis Kelsey and I can't use Tyreek Hill, who was a major weapon on their team, you got to find new players. And he he wasn't there for that. Andy Reid wasn't prepared for that. And then just had them stuck. Because Patrick Mahomes was doing things that I've never seen before. Never seen two interceptions, only two touchdowns. So on 30, 33 for 40, 54 in completions. That's not like him in statistics. So they were pretty bad against the Bills. But at the same time, I'm kind of proud. It hurts seeing Patrick Mahomes in the Kansas City Chiefs down like this. But it makes me happy it's bittersweet because the Buffalo Bills are doing something that they accomplished just a year ago. So I would like to see them back-to-back playoffs, the Bills. But it, it's sad. It's kind of bad what's going on with the Chiefs right now. Yeah, and the one thing that I'll say is that the defense is looking trash. It's looking terrible. Like, mm. they can't hold anybody. Like, I don't even think it's really truly Patrick Mahomes. I think he's going with what he can. And I heard this on TV, so this is not an original thought. And I can't even tell you which commentator I heard it from. But I agree mm-hmm. a thousand percent. I think that possibly, like, the Buccaneers showed everyone how to deal with the Chiefs. I put pressure on Patrick Mahomes. Don't let him get a perfect pocket. And then you just rush him, make him run. He ain't Lamar Jackson. He's not even Josh Allen. Josh Allen was running on them. Oh, Josh Allen was Josh Allen was on. He was in the Olympics. He hopped over, buddy. You saw that? He hopped over, buddy. Did, did his own little Jordan pose. With the arm, he said... <laughs> I said, oh, my gosh. Josh, I said he could jo-. I was, my heart. I said, okay. He did it's his own. love I have for Josh Allen He now. did his own little Jordan pose. I'm like, what? Well, he's not no Lamar Jackson. All right, because Lamar Jackson be taking out. He putting them jets on. He puts that that boost on, like that Madden boost on. You press the you press the R, R button and you start running. That, that, that's what Lamar Jackson has. But Josh Allen, Josh Allen at, at the very least gives you a little bit more than than Monday morning jog like Tom Brady and them. All right, because some of these quarterbacks can't even move out the pocket. All right, but Josh Allen can go. Matt Ryan gives a nice little um walk. He gives a nice little speed walk. You know, you'll get you won't get his ankles and heels off the ground but he gonna he gonna give you something but i'm gonna play devil's advocate like i always do because y'all know me and how i feel about the raiders and Derek carr 
Um, I do believe some of it is Patrick Mahomes' fault because he's not used to adjusting to using other players. And I agree with one of the commentators, like you said, it's not an original thought. He is too comfortable playing the hero. And that's all we know him as. And that's what I'm starting to come out of thought, too. I'm thinking, oh, Patrick Mahomes is going to save the day. He's going to throw one of his greatest throws because he has the arm. Travis Kelsey's going to put it in, touchdown. Tyreek Hill, he's going to come through. And none of that was happening. Their regularly scheduled program was not happening on that Sunday. So it's I'm not going to say it's just, you know, not the team or whatever. But Patrick Mahomes is going to have to learn to step up and kind of change the game a little bit because these teams are not the same teams that we were seeing previous to 2020. Like, these are not the same teams. Who would have thought, if you would have told me, Randall, still in your line, if you would have told me that the Bills is going to beat Chiefs, I would have been like, no, nah, that's not possible. This is this is the Bills that we're talking about. If you would have told me that the Browns are going to be great this year, I would have been like, no, they're not starting with 3-0, and and then they're going to be 4-1. and that's, that's crazy. And they did. You're playing different teams this year. And like you said, Patrick Mahomes got to stop being the hero and learn different ways to play. Are you going to get beat? You saw what happened when it came to the Buccaneers. Like you said, the Patriots don't figure out how to beat their defense, and they had to start changing their game, and that's what Patrick Mahomes has to do. So let me ask you this, all right? So what do you think this record says about Patrick Mahomes? They're 2-3. and three. It's not like they're, like, 0-5, oh you know? Like, they can rebound. They had a couple of impressive games. The comeback against the Browns was impressive, and they dominated, you know, against the Eagles. So what do you think this record says about Patrick Mahomes and the team? I think the two or three record hurts Patrick Mahomes more than it hurts Andy Reid. I don't think Andy Reid's really worried about it. He has a game plan for that. But with Patrick's Mahomes persona and the type of legacy that he's leaving, he needs to prove that he can be a comeback quarterback because that's what your season is relying on. I know we're about to go into week six, and I know it's only in week six. We got over 14, 13 games more to go. I understand you got time. But if you lose to Washington – on October 17th, that's an easy win. If you lose, I don't know what to tell you. The Titans, I mean, they have a great defense. Supposedly, some of their offensive players are not playing right now, injury reserve and COVID. So, you know, that October 24th game is up in the air. But if you lose to Washington next week with the type of offense and some of the defense that you have, there's a problem. And, yeah, they're playing Washington next week, and then they're playing the Titans. So it was going to be a test for them because Washington, they do look pretty good, and they've been grinding out wins. So we're going to see. And even when even when they lose, they win, I guess, a moral victory. So the Washington, they're looking good. And then the Titans have potential. But let's talk about the Bills. The Bills made it to the playoffs for the first time in 25 years on last year. And Josh Allen is looking like a perennial MVP candidate. So how does the team look now? And do you think they'll be able to make a deep playoff run this year? I would hope they would make a deep playoff run this year. Offensively and defensively, they're great. But offensively, they look amazing. You have a quarterback, like you said, that's not like Lamar Jackson because you're going to get Lamar Jackson his cross. A quarterback that can do everything that you need them to do. He almost had the lead in rushing yards on his team this past game. That's absolutely amazing because he understands when I can't find my player and all my players are blocked, I got to be able to make plays himself. And that what makes him probably an MVP candidate MVP candidate because none of my players can do it. I can't. And I'm going to make sure my team wins regardless. So they actually need this other playoff run because, like you said, it's been 25 years for the Bill since last season. So I would hope that with all that they're doing, they don't pull a Ravens and be like, okay, we're going to have this amazing season. And then playoffs come and we choke. We don't need that from them. So I want to actually get to that Ravens game 
because I have a lot to say about it. Um, I was actually on ColorCast talking about the preseason basketball game because y'all know that mm-hmm. I'm a basketball fan first. So I was on ColorCast, got a chance to interview Evan Kirkham, and he, we're going to be talking to him uh, really soon. I'm going to have to play that interview that I did with him, and I interviewed him on ColorCast. So I got off ColorCast because, Ariel, no one was in my room. All right, so I was like, all right, the found, I interviewed the founder. I'm at this interview. I'm going to go watch the Ravens game. And they were losing to the one and three Colts. And I'm like, man, Lamar Jackson's been killing it. He beat Patrick Mahomes for the first time in his career. He's been surging. They done set a rushing record. They done embarrassed the Broncos. I'm like, come on, like they're getting somewhere. And then he makes that comeback. And then Lamar Jackson, not only is he running with his legs, making it happen, although he almost had some fumbles that cost him the game. He was throwing it with so much precision and he was getting the touchdowns and led a pretty great comeback and got a two point conversion that I didn't think he would get. And then the b- blocked field goal, I called it. I said, come on, Ravens, block this field goal. Cause I was rooting for the Ravens. I'm like, block this field goal. And then Buddy got up like it was Halloween. Like he, he almost said, roar. And he, he blocked that thing. <laughs> and then they got the ball. I'm like, whoa, like this is crazy. And then the fact that they literally went to overtime, Lamar Jackson said it was time, and he just was throwing it, throwing it, throwing it, and then they got a touchdown, didn't even get a chance to have Carson Wentz come out there and try to win. So I was super impressed by that game. I think, to me, and the season is still young, but that's the game of the year, to me. What do you think? I think you got to watch it because I didn't. Um... I was out all day trying to make it home. However, I believe you in your excitement. I saw the score and I was like, oh. Cause I was as shocked as you when I was looking at the when I was looking at the box score, I was just like, this is making sense that they're trailing. Because I mean they've trailed before, but they never trail as badly or that early during the game. And then for them to have that comeback was absolutely amazing. And like I said, it's a running thing for this week for kickers to be kickers, either missing or being blocked or being ran into or whatever's going on. So for him to have that comeback win is great. If they can keep this up in the momentum that Lamar Jackson is bringing to this team, because Lamar Jackson makes his team. I mean, he has great players, but if Lamar Jackson isn't hot, his team's not going to be hot. So if he can keep this momentum and do it the way that he needs to do it, I mean, the Bills and him can see playoffs this year again. Just hopefully they get through. I think that what Lamar Jackson has to work on is ball security. And I think that front office has to get him some other weapons because like you said, like Tom Brady and you know, you have Gronk, you have Patrick Mahomes and you have Travis Kelsey. Lamar Jackson needs that running mate. Tyson got a pass and my boy Tyson Williams that went to middle middle school and making Georgia, my middle school classmate 10 years ago, he caught a pass and we're waiting for Tyson to develop to the, to the NFL superstar running back. We know he's going to be, but we need, Lamar Jackson have someone to throw it to so he really, truly has options. That's really what I'm looking for because all the other quarterbacks, they have options. Lamar Jackson is like the NFL version of LeBron James. He puts the team on his back, and he plays hero ball, but instead of throwing it like he did last night, he normally does it with his legs. But I just want to say Lamar is my guy, but I rolled my eyes in disgust at those two near fumbles. It was that one fumble that he got super lucky because his knee was down before they took the ball because Buddy ran it in for a touchdown. 
the game would have been over. Like, there's no comeback if that happens. The game would have essentially been over, but the referee saved him because his knee was down. He needs to get better with ball security, especially when you're diving to the end zone. And also, don't break your neck, Lamar. Jesus Christ, don't break your neck. All right. <laughs> like, just being I'm just going to have to throw in there real quick. There is another duo that is happening, too, just because I have to throw in that one with the Falcons, that Kyle Pitts and Matt, that Matt Ryan dude looking kind of nice, too. They getting back up there. I like his. I like it. I like what I'm seeing. So you thought it would have been Calvin Ridley, but Kyle Pitts, I'm not going to lie, I guess he was a good pick, I guess, to waste our first pick if it's going to be Kyle Pitts, I guess. But they, they, they're coming back. They're looking pretty good. We'll, we'll see. You know, that overseas win was, was nice for me. I love, I like that. A little too close for comfort, but I liked it. And the fact that they, they had the lead, and it was, I liked that early game, though. I actually really liked it. it. It reminded me of, like, waking up for the Olympics to see the basketball games. I actually like that yeah. now. I, granted, I don't know if they should go all the way to London, but maybe they should experiment with some early kickoff times before the afternoon. Now, I know some folks got church, but some of them folks look like they were dressed. <laughs> uh, I saw a lot of church folks in London. <laughs> I Let me saw talk, you got in football. It's the main thing. I'd be struggling to be like, oh, I should be reading. But listen, the Ravens are playing. It's a really good game. Oh, nah. You know, you got you to fit it in somewhere. Get it how you live. Man, when they was when they were scanning that, that stadium, I saw a lot of church mothers with Falcons <laughs> jerseys on. <laughs> And they had they had different hats. They had they had they had them little fitted caps, not the snapback, the fitted caps. You know the fitted caps that go all the yep. way over, and and, and they had that dip in the front. That's that's all. How you do it? I saw a lot of like, like they, but they they had a round trip. They had a round trip ticket, boy. I'm telling you. All right, <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> so let's talk about the story that is shaking the NFL world and really the sports world. John Gruden. Ooh. And everything that's going on with these emails. So just a really quick rundown. So John Gruden used to work at ESPN circa 2011, 10 years ago. He had an email that surfaced where he said a racial slur about the president of the NFL Players Association. And it was, you know, some backlash. He said, I don't have a racist bone in my body. All right. So it was like, hey, let's just focus on the game. He goes out there, and then the Raiders, who were red hot, that won against Lamar Jackson just a few Mondays ago, they lost to the Bears, who are struggling. You could just tell through the highlights how they were playing. They had to deal with a lot mentally and a lot of drama probably going on internally. So the New York Times did their investigation, and they released a slew of emails from 2011 to 2018 of John Gruden just talking crazy. He was saying a lot of sexist remarks about the referees. He was dissing Roger Goodell. He was saying a lot, a lot of homophobic and transphobic remarks, and it took the world by storm, all right? So we're watching the Monday Night Football game, and it came on during, like, I think it was like almost halftime of the Ravens versus the Colts. Adam Scheffner announced, but I think because the, the, the articles just came out, that he was resigning. And you had the owner of the Raiders. He went to the practice facility. He talked to Gruden, and Gruden announced his resignation. He submitted a letter that was obtained by the media, and he was out because he said he didn't want to cause a distraction. And now the oh. new interim head coach is his assistant coach that, is, that was over special teams, all right? So that's going to be the new interim coach, and 
it's just wild because it was so crazy to me because he said, I don't have a racist bone in my body. I guess you got a transphobic bone. All right, you have a homophobic bone. You got a sexist bone. He don't got no bones. He's a boneless wing. I'm telling you. <laughs> We're supposed to be serious. So you over here checking jokes. Like, <laughs> like, he, he's he's he over here just he's he just a flopping. It. He don't got no bones. Okay, he's just a flopping at this point. Like golly, he don't got no. Ca- he needs some milk. All right, he don't got no calcium. No, no. Like, oh my god! <laughs> like, cause I'm like, I don't have a racist bone on my body. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. But you got, you got you. He probably got some more bones back there in your closet at this point. And, and you have time to clean out your closet because you're gone. All right. Like, and, and I just, I do not think at all that he should get another coaching job, and he should not get any other job on TV in the media. He should have a podcast, okay? Like, so every podcast, I, don't give him a deal, all right? T- take his podcast off of R. Kelly, okay? We don't need him on the internet, all right? We don't. We need him gone. The only place he should be able to get a job is Fox News. They'll open it with open arms, man. They'll welcome him with open arms. He'll be the sports commentator on Tucker Carlson, on Sean Hannity. But in, in, in this media world, he needs to be done because that was idiotic. You're over here emailing stuff like that on your personal email to owners, and you think that people are not going to see that? Not in this personal, like, like work emails, and they found it. And it's even more emails where that comes from. He, gotta, he had to go. He had to go, and I personally think that he should not have coached that game against the Bears. He should not have done that. He's talking about, oh, I don't want to cause a distraction, but you put your team in a precarious position going out there. They're talking with their family. They're probably getting DMs, and the media is probably stopping them, and they have to deal with all of that, and then the game's coming up. Man, I, I just – I was so done with this situation – I don't need to ever hear from John Gruden again. I need to see him working like like he already he already has that that vibe of hey I, I'm gonna fix your tire. That, that's what he's giving me. So he needs to go do that. All right, I'm not feeling it. And that's how that's how I feel about the situation. That was so out of bounds what he said, and it was out of bounds before he even we even found out those other remarks. Because what he said about that black man, man, I, I'm, I'm talking to you. I, I go all day. I'm talking to you. What are you thinking about it? Um, it surprises me, but it doesn't surprise me. The only thing that I can say that's kind of like shocking to me is this man. First of all, this man has been doing this for seven years, that 2011 to 2018. People just think it's from 2011. He was doing this for seven years until he decided to take that position with the Raiders in 2018. And then after that, it took you another 10 years now in 2021 to really make a deciding factor whether you was going to let him go, but you let this man resign. The NFL did, and you let him resign, ironically, on coming out day for the LGBTQ community. On a Monday, you, and you let him resign. That's what's so shocking, but it doesn't surprise me because this, this is how the NFL works. The NFL has had so many cases cases when it comes to Concussion cases when it comes to, you know, cases about fighting and domestic violence. And the only, like, the only severe thing that I've ever seen the NFL do, and it's so sad to go back and speak upon it, is that Michael Vick case when he was dogfighting. And they was just trashing and dogging this man, had banned him, had reinstated him, let him play, finally let him retire as a Falcon. And I'm seeing her like, you do all this to your players, but when it comes to your coaches, and you let him step down 
on a day that is supposed to represent, it's supposed to honor and supposed to make players feel good and everybody feel good on LGBTQ coming out day, a national day, that's so lowballing of the NFL. After everything he said about the commissioner, what he said about players and them kneeling during the anthem, because that was also in his emails, about having those players that love people of the same sex and the other staff. And then you're going back and forth with this with the old president of the Washington football team who also had to change their name and has other kids against it too, Bruce Allen. And then you let your assistant coach take over who's kind of been with you while you've been sending these emails. It's just a whole lot of mess and messy. And I, like I said, it doesn't shock me and it's not surprising but at the same time. It's like, wow. Honestly, I agree with Ron. Russell, who actually spoke out because he's the most prominent player that has come out saying that I am bisexual. He played with the Panthers in 2019. He should have been fired. There should be no one allowed in the NFL, whether you're a staff, whether you're a coach, assistant coach, a player, that should be able to be let go and off the hook like that after having so many remarks for so many years, an investigation that took too long, and this is all you have to say, and this is all that you're going to do. That's crazy. That's ridiculous. Like, I'm offended. Everybody should to be offended and at this point it's not only that he has to be dealt with the nfl has to be dealt with because this has happened so many times where you just let people go off so easy like this is disrespectful this is ridiculous and they talk about this and it was it's so crazy that i was talking to you about this during that sunday night game with the chiefs and the bills when they had that long intercession just because of that lightning and they had to talk after they did those pre-games. They was like, okay, let's talk about these other games. They had a 15-minute conversation on what John Gruden was doing, and they said the exact same thing. This man should be fired. He should be fired. And here you go, let him resign. It's just everything that's happened is so messy and how they how they let it happen and how they thought that it was going to be okay. Let's make him resign on the day that we're celebrating other people that are different from us. That's disgusting. That's terrible. And it's, just, it's so crazy because the NFL was sort of in a situation where they couldn't directly fire him. The only person that had the power to fire him was the owner of the Raiders, and he did let him resign. It was just shocking when it came out because it came out during the Monday night football game. So just watching that, because I almost missed the report because it came back. I, I Honestly, I'm not going to lie, and it's for real. When Adam Scheffner came on, I thought someone died. I honestly did. Because, like, that that moment of Kobe, when that happened, like, that's still fresh in my mind, like, how the world literally stopped, especially as a sports fan. So when I saw it, I sort of got scared. But then he would say, you know, John Gruden has resigned as the head coach of the Raiders. I was, like, confused. I know that if I should be happy, like, that's what you get. Or if I'm, like, I, I don't, like, I just didn't know how to feel because it's, like, that doesn't really change anything you said because you said he offended, he's offended you, he's offended you, me, he's offended half the world's population. The only, thing, only person you're not offending is racist. Like, they're not offended. Like, but like, he's offending everybody, he's offending everybody else. You know, so it's like, he, he literally, if you keep searching through the emails, he probably has offended even more people. Like, th- there's no place for that in society. There's no place for hate. There's no place for racism. There's no place for transphobia, for homophobia. We just have to be accepting. Like, and that's the thing that people of a certain generation, like especially of that persuasion, don't get, is that you have to be accepting of people and their differences. That's what makes the world go around. That's what America's supposed to be, to be 100% honest with you, all right? But let's get back to the football side of it. So 
Do you think, because I think that their play on the field was altered based on this whole entire situation. The Raiders were doing pretty good. They lost to the Chargers, but they were doing a pretty good job. They were putting it together. Derek Carr, y'all know you I know you didn't like him, but Derek Carr was putting together some wins, putting together some nice numbers. Now this happens and they lose to the Bears of all the teams. They have their own set of problems. So do you think that this John Gruden situation affected the product that we saw on the field from the Raiders? I know it's not time for jokes, but if y'all know me, Derek Carr is going to be Derek Carr. But this time, I just personally believe that it's not his fault. And it is like that chain of command is very important. Having that type of stability is important in football teams. You can see it back in college football. The Florida State is going through it after Jimbo Fisher left. They haven't had a consistent playoff team since then. It's been really wild. And so you can also see it with Urban Myers, which I think he was saved this weekend from being fired because of John Green and everything that's been going on because they lost again this weekend as well. So not having that kind of stability within your team can affect them. And then also they were just celebrating a couple of weeks ago sobriety between their two players on that field when they was playing during the Ravens game, Crosby and Darren Waller. So for you to have now, that can like backslide people. Like you saw it affected the team. The Raiders would never lose with that. They would never lose by 11. They're a comeback team. That game would have been closer. So since that happened in the middle of their game, it has everything to do with the, with their loss against the Bears. Not trying, you know, just like degrade the Bears like they didn't do anything, like their defense wasn't great, like he, Justin Fields didn't play great. But I don't think that would have been a winning game for him if all that stuff wasn't happening. Huh, like it's it's so crazy just how all of this transpired so quickly as well. But I got to ask this one last question before we move on to the predictions. And then my interview with Mr. Evan Kirkham, the founder of ColorCast. Where do they go from here? Where do the Raiders go from here? Because they were doing good. They still have to play football. Where do they go from here? Well, on the, on the pro side, his assistant coach was part of that 2002 um, Super Bowl win that John Gordon had with the Buccaneers. So, I mean, you still have a coach that knows how to win. And, um, you know, just not to bring the light of things, you do have a coach. You, he was taught underneath a good coach, like, not trying to separate what's happening now, whatever, but he was taught and he did coach other good teams. So they do have a good assistant coach that's coming in and will hopefully keep them a balance. However, that change of command, like it doesn't matter how old you are or that you're playing with grown men. When you have something that interrupts your game, that interrupts with a close player or a close coach, that's disturbing. So I I, I want to say the Raiders bounce back from this, but you have so many cases and so many people that are dealing with stuff on the Raiders. I think it might they might lose this next game. It might be a while before they get back to how they're – because they were doing good. They were on a great streak. But after this, it's looking a little rocky to me. All right, so let's get to our NFL predictions. Then I have – an interview for you all, an exclusive interview that I did with Evan Kirkham, the founder of ColorCast, which is a brand new sports app 
that allows you to basically have a clubhouse for sports. Like you don't got to deal with cryptocurrency and all the different stuff that be on clubhouse, the beef and whack 100 wanting to fight everybody. You don't have to deal with that. All right. Just hop on there. You talk about your favorite sports and it's super cool. Ariel and I are on it. We tried it out. So we're going to get the interview in one second, but we want to end off with our NFL predictions. So let's talk about our NFL predictions, starting with the Thursday night football game, Buccaneers versus the Eagles. Who you got? Buccaneers. Buccaneers for sure. Like, you don't think it's going to be close? Nah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, I don't think so. All right. So Thursday night, the Buccaneers got that. So Dolphins versus Jaguars. Who you got? The battle of the horrible teams. Who you got? I still think, um, I guess it might, I don't know. Urban Myers really needs this win. Um, they're two is out. So they've been kind of horrible ever since, but I hopefully this might be Trevor Lawrence win. I'm reluctantly going with the Jaguars. So the Vikings and the Panthers, who you got? So Chargers and Ravens. All right. So I'm picking the Ravens, of course. Who you got? Chargers. Really? I'm sorry. I can't stand. I can't stand Lamar Jackson on this. I'm sorry. But yeah, ooh, hmm. we're going to have to be on two sides of the same Two different sides of the same coin. That's going to be the game of the week that we both won't be able to watch, so it's fine. Because <laughs> we live in Georgia. Dang. Because <laughs> like, like, like if, if the Falcons, no, I don't think the Falcons are playing. So I mean, maybe we'll get, maybe we'll get to watch it. But if, if we don't watch it, you, you, you won't see Lamar Jackson win. <laughs> you won't be able to see. It. You see the highlights. Oh, uh, so the Rams versus, <laughs> so the Rams versus the Giants. Who you got? The Rams. Okay. So the Texans versus the Colts. <laughs> I just, I just want to be honest. Like, you know, like, I, I can't stand you on this one. You ain't got a leg to stand on. You can't see the game. Like, like we both gonna just be, just be legless. Like, like John Gruden being boneless at this point. Like, oh God. <laughs> like, you're gonna be legless. All right. So the right. the Texans versus the Colts. Who you got? Texans. All right. Chiefs versus the Washington Football Team. Who you got? It better be the Chiefs. It got to be the Chiefs. They better come through because I don't know what to tell them after that. If the Chiefs lose this game, my boy Nick Wright is going to quit his job and just be done with the world, I'm telling you. So the Packers <laughs> versus the the Bears. So the Packers versus the Bears, who you got? I'm going to go with the Packers, but I'm going to say it's close just because these rookies have been playing to a level that these that these mature, as we say, mature quarterbacks haven't seen before. Man, Aaron Rodgers is going to throw for 1,000 yards. He's going to get a whole season's worth of yards in one game. Let's be honest. So the Bengals versus the Lions, who you got? The Bengals. That's easy. The Cardinals versus the Browns, another sneaky game of the week. Who you got? The Cardinals. I, like, this is crazy. Still an undefeated team. Closely. Like, this, oh, man, I can't wait. This is going to be crazy. I'm going to go with Kyler Murray and the Cardinals, but I feel as if the Browns are not letting them off easy. The Browns have become a really good team. So the Cowboys versus the Patriots, who you got? Cowboys. For sure. Raiders versus Broncos. This is going to be sort of an interesting game because this is the first game post-John Gruden's resignation. Who you got? Um, Just, um, man, I really want to wait to see that game just to really see how they're going to play. Just out of hope and just out of, like, sincerity, I hope that it's going to be the Raiders. You know, I hope they get together. 
I think that's an easy game. Well, I think the Bron- I think the Broncos gonna get that one. I, I think the Broncos are, are gonna snatch them one like how the Bears did because I don't yeah. think that they're gonna be mentally ready. I don't think they're gonna be mentally ready for this game. I think that's what they expect us to think. I don't know. Like we all think it's sad, and of course it's sad, and what's going on is like messy. But like I don't think the Raiders will want their fans or anyone to think that like they're not being able to handle it and be capable. Because if they are and they do pull off this win, that's gonna be another great story. Like. What are they going to do to go against John Gruden? Like, it's I don't know, but you have a point. It, it might be the Broncos. All right, so the Seahawks and the Steelers, NBC primetime matchup. Who you got? Steelers. Seahawks, man. Come on, Seahawks. Seahawks. Seahawks were with Russell Wilson out. Are you serious? I know he was out. Okay, I, I'll admit that. Now, I, I mean, I'll admit that. I know he was out. He's out. Yeah, he's out for like four to six weeks with a finger injury. I, I mean, it's serious. Can't okay. throw without a finger. Okay, and so, listen, so I, I, that's I can why ad- they lost their last game. I can admit when I when I'm off. I, I can admit when I'm off. I did not know he was out. I say the Steelers, but you never know because the Steelers been playing real awkward. They've been playing real awkward. They've not been the Steelers of the past, so you never know. You never know. I'll give you that point. Is <laughs> the way you're looking at me. I'll give you that point. <laughs> like Ben Roethlisberger might, might, might pull a hamstring trying to get out of the bed. You never know. They have got a quarterback, too. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> All the jokes of this man being old. Every other week, he proves that he can still play. Uh, uh, every other week, because this one week, would a game be bad, all right? Every other week at this point. Uh, every 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 home game, he's like, I'm going to step up. Like Him and Kyra Irvin, like, part-time players, all right? At this point, it's a Kyrie's not a part-time play anymore. That's a whole other situation. So the Monday Night Football game, Bills versus the Titans. Who you got? Bills. Bills. Mm-hmm. I know you're room for that All because, because of, of Josh Allen's hurdle. No, I think you room for that because Julio Jones. Let's be honest. Come on. Now. I mean, he's not really playing right. He's not playing right now. He's on the team. He doesn't play. I think he gets paid by the Titans. It don't. You got to beat the employer. It don't matter. He's he's gonna be sitting over there in, in like a hoodie. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, like a hoodie and all that. So it's like he's on the team. So it's like you want him to lose. You don't want you don't want you want the Falcons to make the playoffs and the Titans not to. You know? I could only hate one person at a time. And I guess I guess I have to hate him this week, you know, and condolences to Derek Carr. So I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and condolences to Derek Carr. Oh my God. My, my, my. All right. So Derek Carr, you're off the hook. The Bills are gonna beat the Titans. All right, so we're doing something different on today. So I want to really quickly, as we end this interview, I want to talk about ColorCast. So Ariel and I got a chance to hop on ColorCast on Saturday. So I want to get your experience on it because I really think ColorCast is going to change the way that fans interact with sports. And I think it's going to change things for us because I believe that we could possibly be able one day, maybe soon, maybe next week, maybe this week, to hop on and, like, watch a football game and actually commentate it with, uh, with other folks, even, you know, people that listen to the show, your followers, post followers. So what did you think about ColorCast when we first hopped on it? I think ColorCast is absolutely amazing. It's so easy to work. All you have to do is choose a game. You can hop on there, be your host. You can add other people on there. People can be in the hot seat, which I love. I was actually in the hot seat for a couple of football games this past week, just debating against other podcasters and against other fans that just love their team so much or are actually going to talk about 
what's going on. It's very interactive. I love getting the likes. And, like, people have some really interesting questions because it's not everybody that are just fans. It's actually people that want to know and are interested in what we're talking about. And it makes me happy. It makes me a better commentator. It makes me a better podcaster. So I could come up here, you know, sometimes battle out with Randall, even though Randall doesn't know I'm really competing with him on here. So I, I love it. It's It's been a great time. I know that you love it. I was listening to you and your color cast comments, and you was, you was out there rocking it all them hearts and stuff. Yeah, I was trying. Like, um, I decided to commentate, I believe that was... I think it was a bull. I did a Bulls game on Sunday. I yeah. know. I, I think it, it was the because I know. I thought I did two games. I did two games that first night. Um, I did. Um, I forget the two games that I did, but the one that really went up was when I finally got the groove and I did the Bulls versus the Cavaliers, and that was a preseason game that felt like a regular season game. It went down to the wire a little bit. The Bulls, for some reason, played Zach Levine and Lonzo Ball for like 20 minutes in the first half, 20 or 24 minutes. Like, they got no bench time. And I'm like, this is basically a regular season game. Like, they're playing like like the titles on the line. They're playing like they got to go to the NBA Finals. It's game seven. I'm like, y'all, calm down. Injuries happen. So I was talking about that. Some folks hopped in with me. And I just thought it was really cool. And I like it better than Clubhouse because it has intention. And that's what I spoke with Evan about, who's the founder of Color Cast, the co-founder, is that it has intention and it's not so broad within what it's supposed to be. It serves one market exclusively, and that is sports fans. And I love that. And I think it's simplistic. You know, the one thing that I will say in the simplicity of the app that makes it so brilliant is that you're not going to have 15 people on the stage. That makes me so upset on Clubhouse. And also Twitter Spaces. There's no reason for 15 people to be on the stage as you're talking. On ColorCast, you get a good three people. You have your caster, you have your co-caster, and you have the hot seat. And you can give that yep. hot seat for five minutes, one minute, 20 minutes. You can keep that hot seat going for as long as you want to, but you have two main people that can cast together for the whole entire duration of the game, and you have one person that can hop on. It is super simplistic. You can talk in a chat. I loved it. And I appreciate Evan and his team for making this app. I think it's going to change the game. And I might have had the opportunity to talk to a billionaire. Like, listen, we, we do this, all right? Journalism, all right? We do this journalism thing, all right? <laughs> so I got a chance, Ariel. I was in my 76ers Brooklyn Nets room, all right? Ooh. And I was casting, and nobody was in there, all right? So I was about to give up on life. I was about to be like, man, I'm about to just go and watch this Ravens versus Colts game. But he hopped in. Right before I was about to hop off, showed love. We connected on LinkedIn before I hopped on, and I had the chance to interview him. So I want you guys to listen to this interview. You're listening to Pulse Radio. You're listening to Pulse Radio. So I am here with one of the co-founders of ColorCast in the building. How you doing on today? Let's go. I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. How about yourself? I'm great. Listen, I'm watching this Philadelphia 76ers versus Brooklyn Nets game. And there's no one in my cast room. I'm just in there talking to myself, but it's all good. It's all, it's <laughs> hey, all man, you just gotta keep you just gotta keep pushing it. We're we're building. I love it. I love it. And honestly, I've been on this app for I would say like what since Saturday. 
So it's been a good cool. two days, and I love it. I love, like, you know, the community that is building. The fact is something different. So tell us, how did you all come up with this app? Yeah, man. So uh, I'll tell you, it's, it's, it's my brainchild. So this is what happened. I, I'm a big Dallas Cowboys fan. I'm a huge NFL fan. Uh, and so I, I was watching a, a Dallas Cowboys game uh, on a Thursday in the fall of 2019, and uh, two kind of notoriously awful commentators were on the call, Jason Witten and Booger McFarland. <laughs> And Jason Witten was particularly pissing me off because he's a cowboy. But because because he's uh, he was a network commentator, like he had to be purposefully unbiased. And I just kind of had enough of that. And so uh, for the first time in my life, I, I turned off the TV. And uh, and in that moment, I thought like, hey, maybe I could do this. And like, I don't know everything about the Cowboys, but like I can be biased. I can be passionate. And maybe people will tune into that. That's sort of how it started. Wow, I think and I think that's an amazing reason to do it because that's an entrepreneurial yeah. thing because what entrepreneurs do is we find problems and we look for solutions to the problem. And your problem was that you that's wanted right. other options to listen to the game and interact with people. So first and foremost, I think that's amazing. I am not traditionally a football fan. I'm sort of growing to be a football fan because I, I think I have to yeah. being in this thing. Um, but I, I understand the Cowboys are very hated, so I, I get it. I totally understand that. Uh, <laughs> they're, I get they're it. They're hated and loved, man. <laughs> yeah, beloved by every by, by beloved by like half of America, hated by half of America. It's crazy that that was right. that they're, was they're, polarization before politics, man. I'm telling you. So how was 2020 for you? So 2020, COVID 19 happened. Like apps like Clubhouse popped up, and you all started in 2020. Yeah. So how was 2020 for you? Uh, 2020 was great for us, man. I mean, a lot of people were home. A lot of people wanted to to still talk about sports. Uh, you know, they weren't in the stadium, so so there was no reason not to talk about it from their couch. It, it was good for us. We we were building. We had a lot of bugs to fix. I mean, we're still a super new app. We we dropped in. Uh, we we dropped on the app store in uh, first week of December 2020. So yeah, we're still pretty new, um, but we're growing. We're growing really fast. We grew like 100 percent in the last three weeks. Oh wow. So, so we're pretty excited about that. With the growth over over the, over you know the past three weeks, so like, do you think that it is related to you know sports starting back, or is it like because people are starting to discover it? What do you think the growth behind the app is? Yeah, it's a couple things. A lot of people, it's word of mouth, really. People are telling people about it, but then it's also football coming back. It, we, I mean, it, it tracks almost perfectly with the return of football season. We also just dropped this feature, us being able to speak with each other. That wasn't available uh, last year. It was kind of a different a different app and not as cool of an app. And we knew that we needed to do this and we did it. And, and, and you know, congrats to our developers for pulling off what's what turned out to be a sweet user experience. Yeah, and it really is. And it's like it's so intuitive the fact that you can sync the game as you're watching it. So yeah. if, if someone's commentating like I'm in the room right now, someone's commentating, you can sync it to where your TV and the commentary is at the same time. Like other social audio apps cannot do that like there's no interface for that on clubhouse so this is a perfect app for the sports fan what do you envision the app to be you know because you have like for example social audio has taken over you know clubhouse it had its prominence but it's sort of falling off a bit twitter now has their spaces so what do you envision for this app to be yeah as you can imagine i've like studied the clubhouse use case pretty hardcore um it's we don't even really see it as a competitive app and the reason and i think the reason they're falling off is this they decided that they wanted to be general social audio for everything anytime like everything from crypto to sports to marketing to venture capital to just chill and talk or whatever 
And what ended up happening is that makes for some really what we consider thin content. Like people don't know what they're supposed to talk about. They don't know how to keep a conversation going for more than five minutes. Uh, and it's like, you never know what you're tuning into. We decided that there, that we, we decided to pick our vertical. Our vertical is sports. And we decided to build a bunch of feature sets in a community around sports. So everyone knows what, it's almost like we have shared context for what the app is because we know that we're going to be seeing the, the scores, the stats, the betting lines. We know we're going to be talking to other sports fans. If I drop a reference about, you know, KD's MVP bid, like, you know what I'm talking about. It's not, you're not just some random dude that came on to like smoke weed with his buddies on Clubhouse, right? Like you came on because you're a sports fan. And, and so we knew that we needed to build around a specific community and I'm really passionate about sports. So we chose sports and it's, uh, it's resonating. And you said something very key. You said that they have so much going on on clubhouse and really when business succeeds, it's because you dominate a niche. Like that's what we're taught when we study business. You have to dominate a niche and clubhouse try to extend to too many things, you know? So now when you have color cast, color cast is just right now for watching and experiencing what's going on in the, in the media with sports, anything like that with your tribe. And it understands you. So I think that that's amazing. You guys, you understand what's going on. So I got to ask you this. What is your opinion on the media landscape and how do you think color cast can be that equalizer? Yeah, so here's the thing, like right now, uh, and, and we're not, to be fair, I don't think we're like, we're not competing with the the kind of like brought the two dudes in suits in the in the stadium. Like people, some people come on here and try to do some play by play, but it's turned out that that's like way less effective. What we're saying is like the way people want to relate to each other during games is actually really different from person to person. So what we're saying is if you think you've got a group of people that, that would be interested uh, in hearing your takes, um, whether it's about sports gambling or about the Falcons or about whatever, uh, they can come in and they can just kind of hang with you while, while you guys are talking about it. Um, we, we think that right now the media landscape is, you know, there's only a handful of people that really get to get their opinions out there regularly and during the game. Uh, and, and we think that that's not cool. We think that anyone should be able to get their opinions out there. Um, I give this example all the time, but during the, um, during the Super Bowl, two high school girls came on ColorCast and all they were talking about was how hot Tom Brady is and, and like how they wish Rob Gronkowski would like flex on camera and all that. By the end of the night, they literally had 90% of our listenership. Uh, and, and, and like my, my wife, my wife who like doesn't even watch sports was locked in to the Super Bowl because there were two chicks that were cracking her up and speaking her language. And, uh, and so in that moment, it's kind of like, yeah, this is, this is what we're missing in sports. And what's funny is you see other platforms catching on to that. Like even ESPN is doing the Manning cast, right? Like right. Peyton Manning and, his, and, and um, Eli are up there casting Monday night football. I mean, that's basically, that's close to what we're doing. Of course, there's a lot of significant differences, but it's close to what we're doing. But in our, our philosophy, it's like, cool. So you, ESPN, you added two more people theoretically we could add a million voices so so we we really like the way we're empowering uh the fan we're empowering the the armchair quarterback and and we think it's the way media is going and the way that honestly media should be going listen like this is billionaire talk right here i, I feel important oh my gosh like this is <laughs> this is you are important man like 
getting on here early. Hey, I tried to just have an opportunity to talk to you. I really appreciate it. And I'm loving this app. I love the story and I just love the ideation behind it. So I really see this becoming the app, especially when we have like the convergence of the NBA regular season. You have college football. You have basketball, baseball. When it all comes back within this next week, it is going to be astronomical 500% growth. All right, that's what, we, that's what we're looking for. Right. <laughs> would love it. Would love it. Hey you, hey, you keep evangelizing for us and bringing people into your cast and, and bringing other casters on, man. Like, no matter how big we get, it's going to be a group effort. But especially now when we're small and we're trying to get traction, it is absolutely a, a group effort. And, I mean, we, we appreciate you being on and appreciate you uh, bringing listeners on and other casters and just kind of evangelizing for us. It's actually really important. I love it. So if someone's a sports fan, they hear this, they're going to understand his reference. Mm -hmm. I'm with you shooting in the gym. All right. We ain't worried about the folks that's not shooting in the gym (laughs) with us. All right. I'm I'm shooting in the gym with you. (laughs) All right. Thank you so (laughs) much, Evan, for this interview. You listen to Pulse Radio. All right. So that was my interview with the co-founder of ColorCast, Evan Kirkham. We did that interview on ColorCast in my Brooklyn Nets versus Philadelphia 76ers room. He was super cool. I'm loving the billionaire conversations. I really think that this app can go far. And the reason why is because it is a specific niche app. And a lot of times with business, people believe that you have to serve every market, but you don't have to do that. If you're good in one area, you can just be great in that one area and grow from it. If they dominate the sports market and get sports fanatics that have always dreamed about commentating, even podcasters like us and folks like me, I wanted to be a color commentator. I was commentating games at Fort Valley. It's popping up on my Facebook time hop and boy, it sounds terrible. Oh my God, it sounds horrible. But still, I was doing it. I was out here doing it, making it happen. And now I can commentate basketball games. Ariel and I can do football games. I really love the concept And I think that we're latching on to a future billion-dollar brand, and we're one of the first people, so it's lit. So what do you think about the interview, Aria? I love the interview, and I, man, listening to him, it's just great. His enthusiasm made me enthusiastic about what he was doing, and I love that it's for everybody, but mostly the fans. And I actually did an episode on sports fans back in college when I was doing, like, miniseries and stuff. The fans have so much to say, and sometimes they're better commentators than the people that ESPN and Fox and CBS and ABC and NBC, all of them, even higher. So it's just amazing that you can hear other people's voices, that you can be involved. And I loved his quote, like, how ESPN added two people. They added Payne and Eli Manning for their show. But he's about to add a hundred million. Like we're all about to have a voice and be able to commentate. And I love what he's doing. I love what he invented. And I hope it grows. And it's great to be like beta testers in a way about what's going on because we've had great experiences and I can't wait to do our show together when we finally pick a game. This is gonna be fun and it's amazing. And I, I'm happy that this app finally came out that we can use Colorcast all the time. And I just hope it grows to be something great. And the fact that we're one of the first people on it, I think is going to be pivotal. But also one last thing that I'll say too, before we leave, is that what ColorCast is giving podcasters, because I saw a lot of you know official folks on there that have their own media platforms, is it's another way to disrupt the traditional media model. And you have a lot of misinformation that goes around. You have a lot of folks that just aren't producing quality work. What about the folks like us that are? So I think that ColorCast gives you another lane 
where you're able to grow your brand and make your dream happen. Like I almost have 20 followers on the app. I've been on there like two, three days because I'm just interacting. I'm doing the cast. People are rocking with it. I'm bringing like a podcast radio type of vibe to it, music, everything like that. And people are rocking with it. So I think that color cast gives you another way to cause a disruption in traditional media and bring followers and listeners to you and bring them back to your podcast, to your Instagram page, to your blog. So I really love it. I'm really enjoying it. And I hope that it does take off and hope that we're able to be a part of it and also utilize the app to engage with the people that listen to our show, but also future listeners and also listeners that might not know who we are, but they rock with the cast. So they click on the link and they start following, they start listening and everything like that. But I want to start with this, Ariel. Where can they find you first on ColorCast? What is your ColorCast name? Hey, guys, you can catch me on ColorCast at Ariel Kilgore. Two L's, guys, and two E's with Kilgore. Catch me in the hot seat. I love being in the hot seat. I'm going to get my first ColorCast and my belt, but the hot seat is where I stay. So if you guys decide to put me in the hot seat, I'm ready for you. Like she's giving her unasked opinion in the hot seat. I love, we love to see it. <laughs> <laughs> we love to see it. Product tie-ins. Oh, my gosh. So, all right. So, let's go on and end this off. Very interesting episode. Tell everybody where they can find you on the other social media platforms. Yes, you can find me on Instagram at A-R-I dot underscore E-L-L-E. Or you can find me on Twitter because I've been kind of going doing numbers there to Randall at A-S-K-R-I-R-I underscore on, on my podcast, The Unaxed Opinion, on Anchor. She's on the hot seat on every app, but that's crazy. <laughs> she just created a, a hot seat for herself. That's crazy. All right. Y'all can follow us at Pulse Radio 100 on TikTok, on Twitter, on Instagram, and Pulse Radio on YouTube. But outside of that, we will see you on the other side.